0: Well, as we continue our stewardship series, um, last week we continued the series by introducing the first part of a new mission statement love God. It's really simple. Doing this simple thing we talked about opens our hearts to receive the love of God, which has the power to transform our lives and the world. And the second part of the statement is similar be a neighbor. Maybe you see a pattern emerging. Uh, In the New Testament, Jesus is asked what the two most important commandments are. And he answers, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he wasn't inventing something. It was common among Jews of the time to say that those were the two most important commandments. He was giving the right answer, basically. And so for our statement, we could basically, we could say... Love your neighbor as the second part, and I don't think anybody would bat an eye. But today we're going to hear the story of Jesus flipping the meaning of this famous statement. And it's one that calls his followers to expand their idea of what it actually means to love your neighbor. To be a neighbor, it turns out, is to constantly be showing mercy and care and compassion and love to those around you, no matter who they are. And as we think about this next year as a church, we'll be exploring ways to be a neighbor in our world. So let's listen to our passage today from the Gospel of Luke. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to them, What is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by him on the other side. But a Samaritan... While traveling came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. And he went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating him with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers. He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, go and do likewise. May God bless this reading. All right. So this guy comes and he asks, Jesus a question about the law, which, if you read the Gospels closely, you know is always a dangerous proposition. And I think in this part, it's partly because this expert in the law is trying to figure out the limits. When you ask a question like, who is my neighbor, you're trying to figure out not just who your neighbor is, but who isn't my neighbor? (laughs) Who don't I have to show love to? You know, that way I don't have to give the maximum effort. I can just skate by. If you were ever in college, you might have heard the term, fees get degrees. I think that guy's doing that, this with loving his neighbor a little bit. And Jesus completely flips the question. In fact, I, I go back and read this story. Jesus doesn't actually answer the question. Do you notice that? The guy asks, who is my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't say, well, let me tell you this story about all the people who are your neighbors. Instead, he flips it and shows him what it means to be a neighbor. To stop and show mercy to those in need. And it goes further than that in this story. This story we refer to as the Good Samaritan. And in our 21st century ears, we hear Samaritan and we think, oh, it must just be a a guy walking down the street. But in the time of this story, Samaritans were hated by Jews. And in fact, Jews were hated by Samaritans. My New Testament professor used to say that the way you could understand this story is if you went a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan, in the modern day parlance, it would be Larry, Curly, and Osama bin Laden. (laughs) Like, The opposite of the person who you think you should emulate. They were an outside group. And Jesus is telling this man not only do you need to love your neighbor, but actually, you should be like this Samaritan. You should copy this Samaritan. The Christian writer and pastor Rob Bell puts it this way. Uh, When Jesus asks him the question, who was the neighbor to this man in need, the guy answering can't even bring himself to use the word Samaritan. He just responds, the one who showed him mercy. So this guy came with a question, trying to figure out what was absolutely required of him And the answer that he has been given is not just about loving your neighbor. It's about being a neighbor. Which means helping those in need, showing mercy to those who suffer, caring for those who have been left at the side of the road, who have been cast out and cast down. So all of a sudden, Jesus has taken a question about what's the least I'd have to do to fulfill the commandments to where Jesus is literally saying, don't go about simply loving your neighbor, but be a neighbor. Wherever you find yourself, whatever location you are in, whatever place you call home, there will be folks in need. Maybe it will be paying for medical care, like this guy does when he goes to the inn gives two denarii to the innkeeper and says, keep an eye on this guy. But maybe it's simpler than that too. Being a neighbor means saying a quick prayer. It means providing a meal for those who are in need. It means talking with someone who is lonely. Maybe it means setting a table for folks to come together to be seen, to be known, to hear about a God who loves them as they are. But all of these things, for Jesus, is what it means to be a neighbor. Jesus wants us to be a neighbor, to not stop showing mercy and compassion. And in case we were confused, Jesus concludes with the words which are always so convicting. Go and do likewise. Go and do what this Samaritan has done. So this is a call from Jesus. This is ascending. This is Jesus saying, this is what I want you to be like in the world. And as we continue through the stewardship series, we are asking that question, how do we fulfill that call? And in so many ways, we already do. Uh, Being a neighbor starts with what we do right here. It's how we care for our neighbors in this place. We have a long history as a church of caring for our neighbors uh, yesterday, we said goodbye to Mary Lou Curtis, lived to be 96. Mary Lou, uh, back in the 1970s, helped redesign the kitchen downstairs. If you've been in the kitchen downstairs in the in the fellowship hall, it is almost a commercial kitchen. It's got like one or two simple things that need to be updated. Uh, but they did that because this church has a long history of providing funeral dinners for grieving families. We've done a lunch in years past called the mitten tree where we collect mittens and gloves and hats and give them to folks at school, kids who are in need, who don't have uh, hats and mittens during the winter seasons. When we do jubilee, there will be folks hanging out in the kitchen, preparing cookies, making sure the cookies taste all right, all the things you do in a kitchen. More people are going to sign up now, right? Right. <laughs> But we care for folks in this place. We pray for one another. We check in with one another. We visit one another when we're in the hospital. We are neighbors to one another. And of course, Jesus' definition doesn't end with those who are closest to us. It continues to build outwards. Beyond the walls of our immediate community. And we as a church have a legacy there as well. We've been members of Lafayette Urban Ministry for decades. An organization whose stated purpose is to provide human dignity to those in need. We continue to support local ministries, transitional housing, the YWCA, food finders. We serve at food pantries. And every December we welcome dozens of families into this place for Jubilee Christmas, providing holidays for folks. Jesus calls us to be a neighbor in those ways. And it doesn't just end there. We have partnerships with global organizations, including Week of Compassion and Global Ministries. We reach out beyond our doors, supporting humanitarian relief in disaster areas and war zones, including in the Middle East right now, where war has broken out, and Week of Compassion has already issued a statement about how they are helping folks on the ground. And this is what Jesus was saying, be a neighbor, live beyond yourself, live for others. You know, when talking about this passage, Martin Luther King Jr., in the last sermon he ever preached, said that what separated the first two men, the Levite and the priest from the Samaritan, is that the first two asked, if I stop, what will happen to me And the Samaritan, on the other hand, when he saw the man on the side of the road, asked, what will happen to him if I don't stop? And as a church, this is the question we have to continually be asking. What happens to this community, to the neighborhood we're in, if we aren't being the neighbors Christ calls us to be? If we stop seeking mercy and compassion... Because this is exactly what Jesus asks of us, to care for those in need, to seek mercy and compassion, to be the grace-filled ambassadors of God's kingdom. Because what makes the story of the Good Samaritan so compelling is that what Jesus is asking of us, what Jesus is asking of his followers is to not stop loving others. To always be growing in love. Not to stop just with those you know and are familiar with, but Jesus wants the love within us to grow exponentially, to love even those who are not like us. So as we continue through our mission statement, something we've been working on for several years around here, we are continuing with something we already do a lot of. It is our mission to be a neighbor but we also know that that statement calls us to expand the circle, to expand our own hearts, to make room for loving all of those who God loves. And so this coming year, how are we going to expand our own love? This is the question we've got to be asking ourselves. As we talk about stewardship, The primary focus is on how we're going to continue to support these ministries, the things that keep this building open, the things that keep our outreach going. Everybody should have a pledge card at this point. Anybody not have a pledge card? We can get you one. But beyond that, financial support. There are so many ways that we can heed Christ's call to be a neighbor. Within this place, we can check in on folks. We can say a prayer for those in need. You can reach out to folks you haven't seen in a while. All those things which we know are neighborly. Things that make our church strong and vibrant. But Being good neighbors also means that we get out into our neighborhood That we get out into the community around us to seek the lost, the brokenhearted, the disillusioned. To be with those who are hurt, who are without food, who are without shelter, who are without community. Being a neighbor means making room for all of our neighbors. Not just some of them. So that we can show our community what Jesus' love looks like. So this is the stewardship question. How are we going to be present in this Lafayette community? To be neighbors by being in the neighborhood. Finally, we continue to be good global neighbors. Because we remember that in our increasingly connected world, we are closer to neighbors in different countries than ever before. And as you look around, we have neighbors in the places that all of these flags represent. So as you consider your pledge this year, I hope that you will also keep these questions in mind as well. How are we being a neighbor? Because we as a church have been called by God. We are being sent into the fields to do the work of the Lord. So will you join us this upcoming year as we seek to be a neighbor, the way Jesus meant it? Because we need your help. Let us pray. O holy and gracious God, we give you thanks today for the ways in which you are calling us into service. We pray that we might in all things heed your call, that we might remember that it is through your generosity and love and compassion that we find new life. O holy God, as we think during this stewardship season about ways in which we can support this ministry, we pray that you might continually fill our hearts and call us to speak your good news. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.